This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. And today is the day that you are going to truly understand BeatSource through and through every part of it, okay? We really break it down for you. We talk about DJ City, BeatSource, the differences, the similarities. Our guest today is the music curation manager for BeatSource and the music director for DJ City. So he really, really, really breaks down what he does over there. He's the person that creates the 20 playlists every week. He you know, deals with all the music coming into BeatSource and DJ City. Um, this guy has done so much in his career, and it was super interesting to learn um, how he got to this point with what he's doing. Um, he has been a DJ for a really long time. He's also very involved in the radio world, from doing terrestrial radio to then being on uh, Sirius XM's globalization radio, Pitbull Station. He's been doing it since the beginning for the past five years, every weekday at 5 p.m. Uh, we get into all that, his radio career, making edits, um, insane gigs that he's gotten you know, from being on the radio, how he got to this point, how he curates the music. We talk about new fire coming out, new all types of crazy stuff. Um, this interview was really interesting for me, and I think it's going to be really interesting for you. I'm super excited to have this dude on right now. So please, all my 20 podcast listeners, make some noise for Kid Spin. Let's go. Yo, Kid Spin, so excited to have you on the 20 podcast. How are you doing, my man? Doing well, man. Appreciate you having me. Good to be here. Yes, great to be here. I know, um, you know, we're all locked inside as uh, DJ dads. It's a little bit of D different experience for us, right? For sure. Yeah, it's definitely doing a, a, what we can with the, under the circumstances that are, that are happening right now. And especially with kids and having to get work done, it's, it's a little rough. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a blessing to be around your loved ones, and it's also crazy. Um, you're like insanity, locked in. A, yeah, it's also madness. Yeah, pure insanity. Yeah, yeah. They're probably gonna run in here asking for like snacks or juice or something. Something they can yeah. completely get on their own and just be like, "I want juice." And, That'll add to it. They can come yeah. play all your instruments and DJ. And yeah, if they can reach them, <laughs> I set them up high on purpose so that they can't reach those gongas back there and the keyboard and, and uh, that's turntables are especially high. They're like four and a half feet in the air so that's the dad technique you're like For sorry sure. it's up here don't you yeah. know <laughs> that's grow. amazing grow up yeah. grow up and yeah. reach him. <laughs> oh my god that's um well that's crazy i know but i mean at the same time you're um you know, for people at home, just so they know, you're the music director for DJ City. You're the curation manager for Beat Source. Yeah. Um, so you play a massive role, huge role in um, picking the music that goes onto both sites. Um, and as far as, like we said, being locked inside <laughs> with this whole quarantine thing, I mean, you were able to somewhat work from home before this, right? Oh, yeah. I've been working from home with DJ City for the past, uh, since about 2008 really oh, so you're um, a pro so oh nine like completely like full-time just all from home so yeah wow. this is a, yeah it's it's kind of rough to say like people will ask like oh how's this like new life treating you and i'm like this has been the me and my working in this in a, in a room for the past like 10 years so that's crazy because yeah. you do radio mixes every day you do every the curation day, stuff day. yeah and so you just have been doing that doing the mixes at home and picking the music from home already right 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I had to go to a studio, it was, you know, in LA, an hour drive, and that would only be like once, twice a week or something. So it's not, not too different. All I, I just don't drive as much now, and I don't have to sit in traffic, so it's not. Right. Um, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> right, I was trained so, for this. I, tra- yeah, I, I exactly. I've been training for this, apparently. I know. knowing it. You really have, because most DJs have been training for it just in the sense of like, we love being locked into rooms for weeks at a time anyway. Definitely, but. <laughs> yeah. Working on stuff or something in the background for, for the next set or for the next, you know, performance, whatever's going yeah, on. So, that's yeah, that's dope. Nice. Well, we want to learn about your workflow. <laughs> Maybe you can teach us some tips on working from home and any of that stuff. Um, so we'll get to that. But really, we want to know, I think people would love to know, um, just what goes into being the music director for DJ City and being the curation manager for BeatSource, um, like how the music is selected and, you know, what what your job entails and then how people can submit stuff to you and all that. Um, so as far as DJ City, um, what does it uh, take to be the music director? You know, what are you doing over there? Yeah, with DJ City, uh, I've been music director for the past like seven-ish years now. Okay. Um yeah, it's just really, it's staying on top of all the new music, you know, talking to label reps, talking to artists, managers, producers, remixers, um, you know, having that, that direct line to the, um, to the material they want to release and really want to push toward the DJs. Yeah. You just gotta, you know, stay on top of it. Um, and look for, for versions that really are going to grab a DJ's attention or that it's really going to, you know, elevate their set. Right. Um, and with, with BeatSource, we have a curation team. And there's an actual site to to change every single week. Whereas with with DJ City, you know, there's Thursdays uploads, Fridays uploads, and they just kind of live in that space, and you just go kind of chronologically backwards. Uh, with BeatSource, there's a way more stuff. There's a, a super expansive catalog. We have a ton of like catalog material, brand new content, uh, hundreds and hundreds, well over, uh, I'd say like 600 playlists currently. Wow. Of yeah, all DJ DJ friendly playlists, DJ friendly content um themed stuff so there's you know genre pages that need to get turned over brand new hip-hop releases get you know dropped every single you know for all genres really they get dropped every single week so we turn those pages over make new playlists um pick what's going to be highlighted um yeah there's, there's a ton of stuff uh you know they they go hand in hand but also they, they split to to have their own different um i guess avenues in terms of what goes on uh, right these uh websites right and um the and sort of they they have like you said they're related but they have different um responsibilities or goals like in a sense where i know you you've mentioned to me before that for dj city you really want to stay current and you want to allow the djs to um be able to have a solid foundation for whatever kind of gig they're going into as well as sound different from having remixes edits and just things that will help them stand apart and for beat source of course you want that but as you have to stay ahead of the curve on beat source right yeah exactly with dj city being a promotional service we're staying on top of like current priorities for labels and artists and yeah uh, remixers so um there's not catalog content um, but with BeatSource, there's a ton of catalog content. So, you know, you can go in there and find stuff from 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, um, and, it's, and it's all there. So there's definitely those, those different aspects of everything. And with DJ City, it's, you know, uh, I guess geared more toward like the professional currently like active in the club, in the, you know, mobile gigs, whatever is, you know, I mean, currently, you know, currently not going on. But um, under other circumstances, that's, that's the right. goal. Whereas with BeatSource, you can be an absolute beginner and get on there and learn about um, 90s hip hop. If you know you don't know anything about it, you can learn about Dembo if you don't know anything about it. 
Um, you can learn about, you know, R&B, classics, Motown stuff. Um, so it's, it's really all geared toward DJs and um, making it a, a one-stop shop for, like, all your, your DJ needs, really, from catalog to brand new content that just dropped today. Right. And um, as time goes on, they're sort of um, not integrating, but you're going to be able to have similar things from DJ City on BeatSource as the year goes on. So you guys will have these official tracks and stay ahead of the curve, but be able to have edits of them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we'll be the, the first and official place where you can get actual intro edits that you can stream into your DJ software. So it's not like um, you don't have to download every single intro edit, every single version into your computer. You can actually go stream it uh, at your event or if you, you know, you're not, uh, I guess, going to be relying on, you know, there's a chance that there's going to be like spotty internet or something like weird where, you know, it's the, the connection is not going to be very stable. You can actually download an, an offline a bunch of tracks, like up to 100 onto your system. So in the way that you can save like a Netflix movie onto your, your iPad or, or your computer, Right. And uh, you can't actually like crack it. You know, you can't share that file with uh, yeah. your, your neighbor or something or, you know, um, you can you'll be able to do the exact same thing. Like it's right. going to be stored in your computer and you use it when you want to. If you need another hundred tracks for tomorrow's gig, you swap those out. You know, just it's it's all preparation stuff. So library management, it's all going to be um, it's all built into to BeatSource, really. And the thing you're referring to is BeatSource Link. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's, I should say. Yeah, definitely BeatSource Link. <laughs> right. Well, important. it's all part of BeatSource. And BeatSource, right. um, just to be clear, you know, DJ City is a record pool and has all official, you know, dope songs. But BeatSource is in a different league in the sense that it's in the same category as Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal. It's a DSP. It's an official... Um, What's that stand for? Digital service provider? Or? Yeah, yes. um, I, you know, you just made me draw a blank, so it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just made that up. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, DSP, but it, that stands for something where they're providing the music, and um, it's official, you know, in that sense. And I know that, you know, speaking of BeatSource Link, they're like it's integrated into things like DJ, that app, right? The that you can use on the iPad, um, on the iPad, or on your computer, on your phone, yeah. Right, so it's integrated into that as well as it's coming for all the greatest uh, things, you know, eventually. But it's um, in record box. It's it's constantly being integrated into new things. Right. Um, but the difference is, like, <coughs> I know DJ used to have Spotify integration, which it doesn't anymore. For anyone that doesn't know that, um, and then okay, let's say you wanted to stream the track and DJ it, you still had to deal with like the weird synth intro of the Travis Scott song or something. This exactly. way, you guys are going to have official edits built into it that people can stream and download to their thing, download to their hardware or software, and use in their DJ sets, which is just kind of the different game changer type stuff right there. exactly yeah so we'll be the first place to actually have you know official a bar intros i mean like for dance music there's extended versions that you can find on, on dsps yeah. but with hip-hop right. that just doesn't exist like you actually have to re really like make a completely new edit or new version of the track you want to play right and like you said you guys have a motown playlist you have afrobeats playlist you have everything from stuff that came out you know last week to 30 40 50 yeah, 40 60 years, years ago yeah definitely yeah, yeah. So that that's uh, that's pretty crazy. And um, at at BeatSource, um, there are like super specialized curators um, within each genre, 
right? Exactly. Yeah. So we have six genres. We have four curators that manage those pages every single week, uh, multiple times a week. And then we have other curators that are providing playlists that are really kind of like our ears to the streets in in terms of like what's making noise regionally um, in different countries, um, different areas, just even within the United States, you know, going from from one city to another, it's completely different musical vibes and and things that are going on. So um, yeah, we have teams that are really keeping our their ears to the streets, and uh, for the curators, they're in charge of yeah, keeping on top of all their genres, their their specific specified genres, and they all have amazing, incredible credentials and backgrounds in all these these genres. Right, yeah, like uh, uh, for example, like D James, um, his Afrobeats playlist just crazy, you know, like I uh, yeah. I learn from that all the time. Any all the people doing it, you know what I mean, like. Um, DJ Drew and the the dance one, the, the dance and pop side, yeah, yeah. Uh, D James is doing reggae, dancehall, and Afrobeats. Um, DJ Drew again is doing dance and pop. Majestic is doing uh, hip hop and R and B. And DC oh. is our Latin everything curator. Yeah, he kills it. I mean, they all kill yeah. it. They're so knowledgeable in that in that <laughs> zone. And then the um, one of the dopest playlists is the 20 playlist. Exactly. The, the 20. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it, that's why this show is called the 20. And uh, we started off doing this show uh, by taking a few select tracks from that every week. And we would go over it with the guest. Um, stuff has changed during the quarantine, but we're about to get back into that now that we figured out some techniques to play the songs yeah. from it. Um, but you are the man behind picking the 20 the songs on the 20 playlist, right? Right, yeah. And um, that seems crazy. Like so much music comes out every week. I have such a hard time making folders for what I want to DJ with because I'm like, oh, I have so much stuff I like, you know, um, and you're trying to jam every genre in there. In this, Also thinking in terms of a DJ, you're not just making like a new music Friday, like here's the new Taylor Swift. You have to, you have to put songs in that DJs are going to be able to play and sort of have a 20 songs that represent all genres in open format that are also new releases and dope, right? Yeah, exactly. So if like realistically, we're going through like hundreds of well over 100 pages of brand new releases with 50 tracks per page. So that's over wow. 500 tracks that we all kind of have to look through and sift through and so yeah. um as a team we kind of tell each other like hey this is dope i came across this like check this out but um just to make sure i don't absolutely like miss anything and i uh stay on top of all the new releases i listen to just about everything that um that catches my eye and and everything that i'm definitely everything that i'm that i recognize just you know just looking at artist title or remix or name or um or just knowing something that's that's coming out because of these uh very i guess um it's the word confidential like release schedules right so you have that stuff going on yeah so, exactly yeah. yeah like that's something i've i've always wondered about and i'm sure people have too like for example we're recording this friday this is coming out on wednesday but th- but today this morning taylor swift dropped a um secret you know surprise album yeah. surprise album how does that work like have you guys <laughs> known about it for weeks and you had to sign a thing did you just find out about it how does what's the process with something like that um, no, about that one. We found out maybe like 30 minutes tops before uh, 9 p.m. Pacific. Oh, so, so like at 8.30 30, you get a, an email. Yeah, saying like, hey, um, you know, a Universal or whatever the, the major label is or the supplier is going to be delivering this into your servers in the next 30 minutes. Like, please make sure it all gets through. Check it out. Uh, merchandise it if, if it's applicable to you. Make sure, You know, especially for, for A-list artists, we'll have like 
you know, there might be rumors online, but you never really know for sure. And then all yeah. of a sudden we'll get that email that says like, hey, this is coming into your system in the next 15 minutes. Check it out. Make sure, you know, you, you put it somewhere so that DJs can see it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And um, so how do you find and select the music? I know you said you go through the tons of new releases, but is that all stuff sent to you by labels? Or are there any independent people submitting it? Or how do you find the stuff to even put on there? Um, yeah, so the majors send out like the, the release schedules and we can't really like talk about them or share, share what's on those, on those documents. Like we can't really like say what's, what's coming down the pipeline. pipeline. Right. Um, but for independence, um, yeah, independence will, will send stuff directly as well. Like, I mean, they all have to go through distributors of some sort, being an official DSP. You can't just send me a WAV file and, you know, I can upload it to BeatSource or something like that. It definitely doesn't work that way. Right. Um, but what about yeah, DJ so, City? Uh, with DJ City, yeah, I mean that's that's essentially how we get all the uh, the material, you know, the label reps or artists or whoever sends us MP3s and WAV files, and we um, process them to to fit the DJ City format. And um, yeah, so it's it's very hands on. Whereas with BeatSource, it's very official. Like I can't actually go grab the new Taylor Swift album, for example, when when it gets delivered, and you know, um, I can preview it just as as um, like any any other person can. Right. Once it hits the store, I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and in regards to the 20 playlist, um how what's your approach to like do you have a formula to do it? I know you said you go through hundreds of releases which is just exhausting on your brain yeah. <laughs> and eyeballs. I try to do that every week too. I'm like I'm going to go through every single thing and like I'm dead halfway through. But do you have a formula like I'm going to pick this many of this genre or how do you even you know, I'm sure it's different, like I said, curating for DJs than curating for the general public. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I, I try to keep a, a solid balance between the main six genres that we're um, highlighting on the, in the store that have the actual, you know, genre pages on, on BeatSource.com. Right. So I try to have a little balance of a couple tracks per genre. And then um, also really, like, the, the A-list and, and, you know, the, the very familiar artists are, are pretty obvious. Like, people are, know where to find those. So I really do try to dig and, and find stuff that, the um you know the the average dj i guess you could say might not know about or really give some spotlight to somebody that's up and coming and not just you know completely established where me putting them on the 20 is only just giving them higher visibility compared to like an unknown artist or somebody that's that's just coming up to really give them a spot to 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 shine and and you know just give them a platform to be found by djs and discovered yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I mean, every single time I know some of the tracks, and I, but I'm introduced to at least a few things that I didn't know about. You know, awesome. When, yeah, that's that's definitely the goal to to give you know the the DJs something to to look forward to and and really find stuff that they didn't either know about or that they didn't realize they might actually like and want to play right. out and you know or just introduce them to to new stuff, whether it's a genre or artist or you know, right? Labels, and your but, knowledge of like the stuff behind it is good too. A lot of times you'll hit me and be like, oh, well, this is from this or he's on this label or this was the producer from this, you know? And Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I try to, try to have little notes about stuff or I try to do little research on, you know, what made the project come about or... Yeah. Yeah, there's always little fun stuff, fun fact stuff like that that I, I, I geek out about. Right. And as far as like um, curating for DJs, how do you stay up on the future trends you know i know we used to be in nightclubs and we could kind of yeah. go see other djs and see oh that song worked you know but um things are different now um is there um things that you can check or how can you stay up on the future trends 
Um, that's a huge uh, advantage of working with uh, with teams on, on both sides, on BeatSource and with DJ City. There's right. just ears to the streets, really, and people that are like, hey, I'm out in this city and this artist, this track, this genre, subgenre, or, you know, fractional kind of like yeah. very niche kind of thing is, is really making noise. Um, so that, that's, it's just a huge benefit of having a, an awesome team behind um, both sides, DJ City and BeatSource, to really tell us like what's, what's going on and what's really making noise. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. I think having the, the DJ city worldwide network is like <coughs> amazing. I mean, I check DJ city UK so much because I'm like, what are they listening to? You know, a lot of times they're yeah. ahead, ahead of the curve or they have some weird song that I'm like, I don't know who this is, but I love it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or stuff that you'd be like, Oh, this is kind of strange. And then it's like the next big thing two months later. It's it yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. Dope. That's amazing. And so, um, that sounds, you know, like a really cool job and really fun. And so, like, let's talk about how you you got there. You know, um, I know that as DJs and as coming up, I know when I was coming up, you're very opinionated as a teenager and, and a DJ. And I'm like, I only spin, you know, rave music, drum and bass, underground hip hop, you know, this and that. I don't listen to this. I don't like that. And like... I know we've talked before and you're like, when I started out, I hated house music, you know, Um, which is such a funny thing to hear from someone who now can hear everything and curates stuff for all genres. And you put some super dope house music on the 20. Um, Is that your kids asking for chips? Yeah, literally (laughs) asking me to open up a bag of chips. Yes. Perfect. Just as we uh, expected or thought would happen. That's some ASMR or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) People listening to the chip crinkling. uh, (laughs) Um, That's this real life here. Okay. Working from home. Yeah. I love it. Uh, But yeah. So so yeah, yeah, like, like we mentioned, you, you hated house music, you know, coming up, you have, you were very opinionated, I think as a DJ and probably you never pictured being in this kind of position and, and being like this. Um, and your tastes have evolved with age and time and experience and, and exposure you know, to other stuff too. I think that may have been part of what, what had happened is just, you know, exposure to music was pretty limited when I was growing up. Right. Um, so okay. yeah. So listening to house music for the first time, it was just, it was more, more techno, I should say it was like just drums and super minimal kind of synthy yeah. stuff. And I was like, I, I just don't, don't get this. Uh, you know, my, my dad was a, um, or is a musician. Uh, plays bass and guitar, plays in bands. He was signed in the 90s to um, actually uh, Delphi. Have you oh. ever seen the movie La Bamba? Yeah, of course. Come yeah, on. so that was, yeah, so Bob Keeney was like recording my dad's band like what? In, in like 90, 92 or something. So uh, it that's was, amazing. It was yeah, my, my grandpa was a composer in, in Mexico City. And wow. Yeah. So you come from a very musical family, you've been around music. Uh, yeah, definitely. For yeah, ever since I can, I can, I can't remember a time where there wasn't like music in the house or, or something going on. Like, like not just listening, but actual like performance as well. Right. And uh, judging from your shirt, I don't know if people can see it, but uh, uh, yeah. it's an Anderson Pack Oxnard yeah. shirt. Really yeah, dope. I represent the city. Yeah. Um, so you're, I'm assuming you're from Oxnard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moved to Oxnard at an extremely young age. Born in Mexico. Moved to Oxnard before I, I can even remember anything that was right. when I was just a baby. So. Dope. Uh, and, yeah, and, and I've lived, yeah. O- Oxnard has a legendary, um, whether people know it or not, music, a lot of musical legendary stuff comes from there. I mean, from underground hip hop, one of the dopest hip hop producers, Mad Lib. Yeah. Um, Mad Anderson Lib, Pac. Uh, his, yeah. A lot of people that from like, they're on the, the Stones Crow, a Stones Throw crew. 
yeah um, like loot oh yeah pack, um, yeah there's um oh loot pack are, uh oh no oh no exactly yeah madlib's brother anderson pack now there was a huge um uh, still is a, a big like hardcore scene in oxnard there's huge like latin music community there's a bunch of bands that have blown up in the from from the city that have gone on to like you know tour all over the place and, and right really drop some like huge huge tracks and huge hits so yeah, yeah it's, you it's, and it's, you used to be in bands and stuff too right i was yeah in high school so this would have been late 90s early 2000s i was in bands and uh very different you know it was kind of like the eclectic like rap rock and latin kind of like ozo motley was huge at the time oh but so yeah was, but so was like um i i, I don't know like I'm, I'm trying to think of like bands that were really big around that time that would kind of influence that sound so there was like rock stuff like incubus had a d has a has a dj yeah um, incubus so even like Beck, that like that kind Beck of stuff had a d- yeah. yeah exactly yeah so yeah was, i was the know, dj the, in a rock band for sure a couple of them you know i was like let's yeah, do yeah. this we're gonna tour and then yeah exactly yeah. so i was dj in a band i played percussion in the, that same band we got to play like being in, in a band actually really opened up my my eyes and ears to different music that was that I wasn't exposed to growing up. Like I said, like my dad was a, a musician, but he played Spanish, like music, it was all Spanish. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have like a, like uh, knowledge of like rock stuff, for example, growing up. But with this band, we were able to, to play shows with um, like Fishbone, um, Hot Hot Heat oh, was wow. huge at the time. And we got to, to play shows with them. Um, let's see the Mars Volta, which was like at the drive. Oh, and they crazy. broke off into, and so we opened for them in, in Santa Barbara. Um, so yeah, just super like different, really eclectic, um, just bands that right. you know they that we were exposed to that not not only did we get to play with them but I a lot of them I hadn't been too familiar with prior to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fishbone is legendary. People yeah. don't know. Look that up. <laughs> Look that up, man. I got kicked in the nose by Angelo at that show where we opened up. Not not on purpose or anything, but he just like jumped <laughs> yeah. off the stage and I just took a boot, boot to the nose and it was you know. Oh, fun that's times. the best. That's the best yeah. story. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, that's a great memory. Uh, so you and you started DJing around the same time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So well, I should say I started DJing around when I was like 12, 13, really getting exposed to, to house music stuff. The first house music, uh, like I mentioned, I wasn't very into. Um, uh-huh. I expected I wanted it to be like more musical, more, I don't know, just more stuff going on in general. Yeah, they didn't have much vocals um, from the stuff that I heard. It was, it was actually really funny. There was a song. Do you remember the movie The Mask? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Jim Carrey performs, uh, does a song called Cuban Pete. And it's funny, a CNC Music Factory remix of that song is what really turned me on to house music just because it had so much percussion and like different elements and like horns and like stuff going on in the background on top of like with vocals. And I was like, and it had that Latin vibe too. So I was like, oh, this is dope. And then I got into Latin house and just progressed into, into other stuff. That's dope. I know. Isn't it funny how one thing will like catch your ear and you're like, okay, I'm into this. Now. Oh, completely. Like, yeah. I was like, no, nah, this isn't cool. Like I'm not into that. I'm not into that. Even with like punk stuff growing up in Oxnard, I remember thinking like, this is just very like, I didn't, I didn't understand it. And then I heard uh, rancid and I was like, oh, I kind of, I, I, I can get into this stuff. And you know, yeah. So there's just the, the all it takes is the, the one spark really to, to really trigger your, uh, your interest. Yeah. And rancid still out there killing it now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so from there, um, you still stayed in school. I know you went to college. You were telling me you got a, a degree in electrical engineering. Yeah, I did electrical engineering, um, graduated in, in 04 from college. And at the time I was doing radio, um, and we can talk about how I got into that as well, but like, yeah, um, there just wasn't an option like to be a DJ. So like you really had to like, at least for me, like I had to really like get into a, a stable career where I could really you know, see myself doing something like that for, for 30 plus years. 
Yeah, no, um, I mean, same. Around the same time, I was probably in the same boat a little bit, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I love DJing. I did it 24 hours a day, but yeah. definitely did not picture it as my job or something I'd make enough money to have a family no, definitely with. definitely not. Know? I mean, you had to be like a superstar. You had to be like Oakenfold or, you know, somebody yeah. that was really like producing and touring and yeah. these huge shows. Like, there was there was no room for just, uh, you know, to, to live off DJing at clubs or doing like mobile events. Like, it was just kind of really like a just... Yeah, like maybe you'd get into radio or, or something yeah. like that, but it was like, it didn't seem like an, a viable option, you know? Exactly, yeah, definitely. It wasn't a realistic thing at the time. Right, and so you and so you did get into radio. Um, yeah. And you started uh, around 2003, 2004, you were saying? Exactly, yeah. So in 0203, I was opening at a, a club in Simi Valley, which is also like in the Southern California area. Right. And they started bringing in the radio station to, you know, just increase attendance and kind of have that cool factor from the radio station. Yeah. And um, the mix show coordinator at the station, shout out to Fred Rock, uh, I would open up for him. And he said like, hey, you're, you know, solid. Like whenever I need somebody at the station, uh, I'm going to reach out to you. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And a year passed and like nothing and two years passed and, and he finally hit me up and he's like, hey, we have this uh, mixed show weekend thing going on. Do you want to do like 1 to 3 a.m., 2 to 4 a.m.? I was like, definitely. Like, wow. Like, let me get in. Like, even, you know, the overnight slots, especially with like clubs still like really being huge at the time, like people were just getting out of the club. So, yeah, you know, two years slide, went by. You never like, talked. Two, yeah, solid year and a half, two years. I mean, would, he would like tell me like, yo, you know, whenever a spot opens up, I'm going to reach out. Oh, so you guys kept in touch a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was still opening it for him at the club. And oh, OK. Thing, OK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Right. But that just shows like do your thing, you know, be consistent persistent. yeah consistent yeah and persistent i think too, be yeah. consistent and persistent but not annoying persistent <laughs> definitely not yeah yeah that, that'll just like in your, a you solid sure. human you know what i mean to be able to yeah. do it like be there and and, and also i think an, a reoccurring theme on this show is showing up being there doing the work being available you know that's how so many of the people got into these positions they were there they were available when the opportunity came absolutely yeah, just um, um, yeah, be available. Keep keep your head down and keep that keep that work going. And, yeah, and look up to for look up for the opportunities. But you know, definitely you know, keep and pay on. those dues. Like you like you said, you were doing the middle of the night crazy horrible shifts. You know, but yeah. you have to do that. Like you know, yeah. some people can get lucky and you can look at it like no, they just went straight there. But look, you got to put in. The, you got to pay the dues and and learn somehow like and if it probably wasn't for all that your brain wouldn't have like opened up to liking all these genres and then led you all the way to where you are now you know absolutely yeah i think that just you know prevents you from being so closed-minded you kind of just learn about different genres learn about different you know stuff that's going on yeah so so you were doing the shitty uh shifts (laughs) shifts <laughs> yeah and eventually they were like this dude's dope we need to move him up and you got move you got a job at the morning show which in radio is like the biggest show you can be on right it's definitely yeah it's exactly it's it's the it's the big stage for for radio just because you know it's, it's just such a busy time like that's when everybody's going to work students are going to school you know it's just people are people are on the road listening yeah. to the radio so um it's the prime yeah. time and yeah, you're about, yeah. you're close to la because you're in simi valley so the radio uh, the LA radio stations go up to Simi Valley, but the Simi Valley yeah. stations go down as well. So like, yeah, there's huge stations like power 106 and all, and whatever happening. And yeah. so in a sense, you're like battling E-Man, <laughs> one of the biggest DJs in the morning, like yeah. at, from your California. show, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we were both on at 7am. So 
I had to uh, set my mixes apart from from him and anybody anybody else that was going to be um, you know performing or DJing on the radio at that time. Right. So um, yeah, it took a, a lot of uh, prep work and editing tracks and um, yeah, just just prep work to to really stand out and to really compete with somebody that, that you know realistically you were looking up to like i was just listening to him while right. i was driving to college or something for yeah for, and you school. guys yeah. but you guys are playing vinyl right back then right yeah exactly yeah this would have been 2003 the only way to play six, right yeah. okay so and then the only way to play and edit would be to like play it on a cd or something right yeah like burn it to a to a cd and then play it off the cdj hoping that your your radio station has a has a cdj in the studio which luckily the uh, the station that i was at uh, kcaq q1047 at the time um, had one in the studio that we could actually use and, and play these. Because this is also when the labels were actually starting to send out music via MP3. So you didn't have to wait until Tuesday uh, to go buy something at the store or didn't have to wait for those promo records. They could actually send you the MP3 online through your email or whatever. You right. could download it and play it the next day if, if it fit your format or you know, if, if it met all the, the criteria. Right. And it was a weird time of everything converging because... Uh, there were records being made. There were like, you know, um, pop rocks and the like different stuff that they would have edits. If you needed to play ACDC shook me all night long with a drum intro, there were people that were pressing it on vinyl. Um, and, but though you had to, it was like a whole big thing to get that, you know? So, um, CDJs really could let you play that edit, which I think in a way, began all of this right the the dj city the edits and and you're um you know that was how you got into making edits right yeah exactly so i made started making edits well for one it was fun i was always into like editing music and chopping stuff up yeah of course I started same. with like with like sound forge before i even realized that yep. there could be multi-tracks like you you'd, you know you'd set two sounds together and you were committed like you were stuck Yo, SoundForge was my shit. I would just yeah. like, I was on SoundForge. Then I got Cubase and I was like, oh, I'm putting them together. I would edit SoundForge and put it yeah, in. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that was yeah. same thing. You know, it was, it was so mind blowing back then. And, and that's what got us to try Final Scratch and Torque and all these things before Serato. Because we're like, yeah. oh, we can use it. But then the computer would crash. <laughs> but something would happen. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, your, your RCAs would go bad and the signal from your turntable to the box like wouldn't be yeah. solid. and. Yeah, it was it was a pretty big mess. So um, yeah, but so so, started so yeah, that's stuff. how you got into making making edits, um, edits and production stuff like on a more like serious level instead of just you know changing you know little sounds around or making a little intro or something. So it was just definitely out of necessity and to try to really compete with the other DJs that were on the air. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy to think about. And then now it's like look where edits go. You know, I mean, I, we were saying before like the pa- edits. You know, it just seems like, oh, here's some DJ edits. But in reality, there's huge power behind DJ edits. Uh, In a way, they're like your connector to the rest of the DJ world and the rest of the music world and like your calling card and your business card. You know, they can do so much and show your who you are. I mean, I get edits from some DJs and I feel like I know them after a while, like their personality because of the edits they do and the remixes and the stuff like that. Um, yeah, it all kind of, kind of starts to starts to come through with like their their work and things. You know, they kind of develop a sound or a, or a style that gets kind of recognizable a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So I know you have. I mean, you've made a million edits at this point. Um, yeah, tons, tons. Yeah. But like how we were saying, it's cool how it spreads around. Like you have certain people that that play your edits in like big situations right like what are some yeah, of those it's, it's crazy like um 
let's see, uh, just uh, last, was it early this year, late last year, EDC Mexico. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine texted me like overnight. I was already asleep. And he's like, hey, Diplo's playing your, your push the cumbia on transi transition. I made that in 2010. I made that literally 10 years ago. <laughs> and it's still like making its rounds. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a track that goes from house or uh, up tempo, I guess. It was like the um, uh, Hotel Room Service by Pitbull. Yeah. Where the, the sample is the um, yeah. K-Dub of Doom of Nightcrawlers, Push the Feeling On. Right. And I go from that sax, I flip those sax notes and go down to a cumbia track. Um, and it's, it, it just, it's 10 years later, it still keeps working. And it's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, Diplo's playing it now. I mean, I made it in 2010. Like, I don't know how he came across it or how he got to him. But right. yeah, he played it at EDC Mexico for tens of thousands of people. And uh, there's videos online of Drake, I'm sorry, of, Kid Ka of DJ Khaled performing an edit of, I made of his track with Drake for free. Oh, wow. It's the one where um, Drake says um, lines from Blow the Whistle by Too Short. Yeah. So I do like a Too Short thing at the beginning. What's my favorite word? Another one. And then so like Khaled like jumped on. He performs that, that version. He doesn't perform like this, the, the, you know, the album, the album version. Right. He performs the edit that I made of it. So That's so it's, dope. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy. Have you ever like talked to him? Does he know that you made that? <laughs> no, I've never talked to Khaled. No, never. Damn, that he, need, that he awesome. needs to know. You're like, yo, I made, you know, I'm sure that gets people so hyped at the show. Yeah, to hear. I mean, it's 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 a surprise element, and I think that's kind right. of what we go for with these edits and, and to play for for a crowd is to the element of surprise has such a, a huge value to it. You know, to to catch someone off guard, but in a, in something that they didn't know um, was gonna like elevate the energy or kind of change their vibe or like be a little more receptive to to the music that you're playing to whether it's going from one style of music to another or you know going from hip-hop to hip-hop but applying something that they weren't expecting to hear yeah that, that's really what djing a huge part of it is about is like that surprise factor you know and oh, and sure. however you execute it you know but um yeah. yeah that's that that's crazy that's so dope um yeah. i mean it just shows how like you think you're just making some edit oh i'm gonna play this in the club tonight or the bar and then next thing you know Khaled's like this is the best thing ever I'm using it at concerts around the world I'm going to play you perform this version instead of the, the, the one on my album yeah use your it, it's Soon insane it's Super Bowl it's, it's amazing yeah <laughs> that is so dope um, and so um, obviously that led into DJ City right yeah so um, shout out to, to Phenom and around, around 2005 like in the MySpace days he would be going from like traveling along the 14 freeway. So if you're from Southern California, you know, that's like Palmdale, Lancaster going to LA. Yeah. Um, and there's terrible reception for radio. It's just a long stretch of like deserty kind of area. So yep. he'd listen to power 106 as much as he could. Power 106 would cut out. So he was listening to E-Man. Um, right. The person that I was competing against at the yes. time, you know, technically. Um, and would listen to, to my show just because he didn't have another option. So it was just, uh, just by luck really. Um, and so right. he would ask me like on MySpace, like, Hey, there's this version of a song that I heard you play yesterday or today or whatever. Um, can you send me that edit? Who made it? And I'd say like, Oh, I, I made it for the show. And it just happened so many times that we just, you know, stayed in touch, got it, you know, became friends. And, um, he was the person that said like, Hey, we could really use you for this project that we're working on for this digital uh, pool. Um, and so that's how I got a job with, with DJ city, just, you know, Again, like pers being persistent with making these edits, um, realistically for my own show. Like it w there was, I wasn't sending them out to anybody. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like a mailing blast or anything like that. I was just making them for myself. Um, and yeah, it led to to a job and to a a career. Really. Yeah. 
That's so cool, man. And that just proves do your best at whatever you're doing because you never know who you're going to link up with or who's going to hear you or what. Yeah, I mean, it was it's it's crazy. Some of the the first like blends and like mashups in that in that era. Uh, one of the first like official like real ones I made in like oh six oh seven was um, this Lloyd and Technotronic. Oh wow! Uh, get, get it, shorty and uh, pump and uh, what is it? Yeah, pump. Uh, yeah, pump of the jam. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, I played that a bunch. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I remember seeing like like Vice playing it, and I was like, how did you even get that? And I was like, oh yeah, I sent it to Phenom. It's on DJ City. Like, yeah. So it, yeah, it was you know edits were making their round at making their rounds at the time, and it was it, it was insane to be like this kid from Oxnard, you know, thinking like, oh, I really want to play in LA, or just even like approach these these guys that you know were. Uh, that were like uh, they're still like icons in, in the in the DJ game. Yeah. Um. To, uh, yeah, to have be making stuff that they were playing. It was yeah it was pretty pretty surreal to, you know, have and, that fifteen and, years ago. Yeah, it was dope. How like radio, you know, it was um like you said more an element of surprise to have those mashups and those crazy edits back then. I because I remember I did um the twelve days of mix miss on Power One Hundred Six. Yeah. Right. And I had never DJed that style on the radio, you know. And so shout to um, everyone over there that made that happen. I mean, Eric Deluxe, Big Scythe, um, so many people. And um, I mean, Kevin Scott, AM, you know, everybody. And like, I remember doing that. And the amount of people that heard that mix and have hit me up even to this day about it is so crazy. And and it was just edits I made. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put Common over Bob Marley and then mix it with this thing. And they go into yeah. this, you know, and... Um, and like you said, I, I'm playing edits. I mean, there's still edits like Steve Wonder made Conga Shake. Shout to Steve Wonder. Oh yeah, that um, gets played all the time. I hear it all the still, time. I play it on globalization every they, so often too. Like it's that's, yeah, yeah. rotation in like basketball stadiums. You know, there's just certain edits that will stay around forever. And I think I played that back then on that show. And people are like, what is this? You know, it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nuts. And so um, that um, so you know, discuss that led into DJ city, which then of course led into beat source, which then beat source right. will eventually be having edits and, and all that stuff. Um, does beat source have any edits right now? Um, there's a few that you can kind of dig through the, the site. Um, okay. And, and, and find them there. But, um, yeah, we're, there's, there's huge plans and, and yeah. you know, there's stuff that's in the works constantly with, with beat source, uh, whether it be like intro edits, integrations into systems or software, or um, you know stuff that can live off your live on your phone or your iPad. There's you know it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty incredible the stuff that that's going on behind the scenes. Right. So there's um, yeah, but there's in, to answer, in short to answer your question, yeah, there are there are like edits and, and stuff that live on the site now that will be um, you know pushing forward to to the spotlight very soon. Right. That's dope. And you can like. Um can you, you can save the playlists or make your own playlist or share a playlist, right? Similar to the other sites. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can essentially take kind of a, a snapshot of our, our current playlist and save it as your own and then manipulate it however you want to. So say like track one fits your, or track 10 fits your set better than track one. You know, you can delete track one, make track 10 number one on your own version of our playlist. Um, and you can, you know, start from scratch, make your own, learn, you know, um, there's yeah tons of library management stuff that that can be done there too dope and, and uh, sharing of course yeah you can definitely like you know just copy the link and, and share it with somebody and expose other people to the the stuff that you're into right um and then um just to talk about the radio stuff a little more i yeah. know that um you're not on terrestrial radio anymore right 
Right, yeah. I stopped doing terrestrial radio in 2015 when my daughter was about to be born. I stopped about two weeks before she was born. So, uh, okay. yeah, around this time in 20, uh, 2015. Okay. I started, yeah. So, in that time, I was kind of doing terrestrial radio and Sirius XM. Uh, shout out to Phenom again. He was working with, with Pitbull, and Pitbull was launching a radio station on Sirius XM, Globalization. And I was originally just going to do the Saturday, uh, Saturday evening or Saturday night mix. Right. And things change the you know a sudden change of plans like a week before it launched um and they said hey we're going to need phenom to be program director for this station and we need more you know djs to play during throughout the week um to fill out all the fill all these spots um so i got the uh, the 5 p.m the rush hour mix is what it's called it's on the east coast it uh, on the east coast it airs at 5 p.m and on the west coast it's 2 p.m in the afternoon so East Coast is, is another, um, sorry, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast is another, like, highly coveted, like, you know, drive time, kind, right. of, kind of similar to, so there's, you know, morning radio, and then there's evening radio, and there's... Right, the, and with the, terrestrial, the and with the local radio, the morning, you're going to be there, but with, you're on Sirius, so you're worldwide, so... Exactly, that's, that's yeah, U.S. and Canada easily, and then globally, if you, if you have, like, the, the internet access to it, so... Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I use the app amazing. all the time, listen yeah. to it. Um, that's dope. So you've been on globalization for five years now. For just over five years, yeah. We celebrated our five-year anniversary this past uh, May, so just a, a few months ago. Crazy. Two months Congrats. Ago. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, time's flying. It's, it's crazy. It's been I know. amazing. And so every day uh, at 5, every p- weekday. 5 every p.m. Weekday. East Coast, 2 p.m. West Coast, every weekday, you do the uh, one-hour mix. Yep, exactly. Damn. You're a hardworking dude. And so uh, we were talking about it before. I was like, how do you come up with the sets? Like if I had to do a set every single day um, and you were telling me about this website, random.org that you can just plug things into. Yeah. So I just copy the, so in radio there's categories, there's the A category, which is like the the biggest songs of the moment, you know, the, the the B songs, which are like songs that are coming up. So there's different categories, right? So there's a, a certain number of those. So I copy like the A's, I throw them into random, and the first two I'm going to play on Monday, the, first, the next two I'm going to play Tuesday, and so forth. And I do it with every single um, category. That way, because otherwise I'd be, I feel like I'd just be making the same sets over and over. I, like, I'd, fall, I'd be like falling back on the, on the crutches, so to speak. Like I'd, just, you know, I'd rely on whatever I did a day or two ago and, and not really get creative with, with making an entirely new mix. Right. I know. I have a tendency to do that sometimes if I'm doing a club two nights in a row and I'm like, oh, this worked. I'm going to do it again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This worked last night. Like I'm sure it's, you know, why, why not try it now? I know. But then if I push myself out of my comfort zone, I try a new thing. I'll be like, this is even doper. And like gives me that feeling of like, I'm mixing like that. I don't know what that feeling is, you know, when you're just making a dope mix, but like yeah. you get it inside. Especially in, in, in performance. I think there's um, this like vibe that you go for at the club that you like strive for yeah. you know to where you can play just about anything yeah you, you get this you get this like this peak and you want to ride that as long as you can at the club because that's just the the, the feeling that you're going for when you're DJing at least for me yeah like, I'll, I'll aim to to hit that as as much as uh, or as as quickly as possible to kind of ride that wave of like set this vibe and I can play I can go wherever like I can play anything um, yeah, I think totally. that's that's a, a huge goal for for me as a as a DJ, and, ho- and I think for for many DJs really is to control the crowd in that sense. Yeah. So for um, obviously you deal with so much music, so I'm just assuming that you are very organized with your music. Is that true? 
Oh, completely. Yeah. To, to the point of like obsession. Uh, it's definitely like, there's like all my, my entire library has a ton of notes, like subgenres and the grouping, like little tag. I have, uh, you know, all my cue points are color coded and I know I can mix without like, I know most of us can mix without headphones, like watching waveforms, but like if I needed to, like I can drop stuff. Like I, my yellow cue point means something completely different from my green one, from my blue one, from the purple wow. one. From Okay, wait. So, so I, let's yeah. get into this because our yeah, yeah. crowd um, loves music organization topics. Word. Okay. Um, if you're one of the people that don't, you can fast forward. But let's just get a little like lesson on how you do it or if you're, your formula. So just as far as the color coding like um, yeah. alone, what does that mean or how do you implement that? So there's, there's two things that I color code in my library. So in, uh, I use Serato. So, uh, you know, you can actually color code the, like the little spinning, like the, I don't know, I guess the spindle, the, the, the diagram that like is spinning while you're playing the track. You can actually change the color of that. So it's, it's, it's like gray by default, but you can change it to whatever color. So oh. I use green, green for clean versions and red for dirty because it was a huge deal for, I mean, it still what? is. I didn't radio. know that. Yeah, yeah. How do you do the that? Color. The little box on the side, you just change the whole color of exactly. it. Exactly. You just right click on it and tell it like I want it to be red because it's dirty. Well, for me, it, you know, it's red versions or dirty versions. Oh are red. man. Green, uh, green means clean version. So okay. it, immediately, if I'm recording a mix for radio or do, or playing somewhere where I can't play a dirty version, if I see red, that's like don't don't go there. Dude, change, you know, that's like how have I never known that over 15 years of having Serato. <laughs> That's great. That's such a good idea because so many times I've done that. Oh my God. One time I had the worst, sorry to go off on a tangent, but no, like, I remember I, love, yeah. I did, I got a gig for McDonald's and yeah. they were like, it was in the daytime and they were like, all right, there's going to be kids, whatever you do, don't play anything dirty. And I'm like, I don't have any clean versions. I don't have time to go through and get everyone off of, off DJ city. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I know I can play clean stuff. It's fine. So I go in, I remember starting to DJ and I'm like, all right, I'm going to play like Tribe Called Quest. This, I don't think they have some stuff. Immediately horrible words. The people, the people <laughs> looking at me. Then I'm like, Black Eyed Peas. I'm like, they're on the radio all the time. They don't have that many dirty words. And I remember playing, uh, I don't know what it was, like Boom Boom Pow or something like uh -huh. And they just say some shit over and over. He's like, I got my shit, shit, shit in my phone. Oh. You know, and I was like, oh, God. And I and the people kept looking at me. And I was like, no, I don't know. And I kept trying to cut it off. It was like one of those things where you're just sweating profusely. I couldn't do anything right. Like anything I picked would have a dirty word. <laughs> oh, like, man. Yeah. So see, like, if so you that would have helped me tag your, you know, anything explicit, tag it red or, or you know, dirty versions, make it sure the. The little di the little uh, wheel that pops up is is red. Yes. Okay. That is so helpful. There. Yeah. So what else with the colors? How uh, else with does Q that points help? like red for me? Um, Q point one or, or the red you know is like a standard like eight bar intro or something. Okay. Um, yellow means I can scratch something in with one beat. So like on the four count before the before the one. Yeah. So it'd be like um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but like a snare hit before something happens. Like that's. Uh. Right, like, a, like Mob Deep or something like that. Exactly, yeah. So that would, be, that would be yellow for me. Okay. Uh, green is, is two beats, um, and that's, you know, just similar situation. Oh, um, so green is like two, just like tap, da, da, tap, da, like, da, boom. Da, exactly. Da, da, da. Oh, so it's like okay. one, two, boom. Yeah. Wow, okay. So okay, for that's that very impact. organized. All, so all, all those colors, like I can see like purple for me means like eight, uh, sorry, uh, eight beats, so two bars. Like okay. uh, Snoop, drop it like it's hot, or um, oh, like so that's actually just one bar. So that would be blue for me. <laughs> Purple is hypnotized by Biggie. 
Yeah, so something like oh. In, in that. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so got that. Okay, so the yeah. the colors <laughs> line up with that. You you make a color for the actual entire file, and then a color for each cue point that means something to exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. What are some other like organization techniques? Um, just staying on top of like you know the all the the tagging and all right. that. Like I still use iTunes to to manage my library. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, just being super neat. Like, I don't, should, should I just show you my, my screen really briefly? Yes, like, is, you definitely should. Like, Anyone yeah. listening on Spotify or Apple or anything, go to YouTube. <laughs> so this is, this is my screen. Like, oh, this is yes. Like, look at like, all those notes and like I have grouping and I have genre and clean, dirty, with intro on the side, who it's featuring, uh, producer tags, like within all this stuff. So, and I, I can scroll and it's going to look exactly the same just like that the entire time, like super... Uh, like just obsessive about all this stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So, Genres, and so you, yeah, just yeah, being able to notes. type in and have your workflow quick is huge. Definitely. Yeah. So as, as much information as I can fit into all these tags, I, I definitely um, add them on there. Yeah. Oh, dope. Um, thank you for showing us that. No, uh, that's so cool. <laughs> what about like crates or folders or things? Do you do Serato <laughs> crates? Do you do iTunes crates? Both? How does that work? No, I do everything in, in Serato. Beyond like the actual like library management of like the files themselves, I do everything else in, in, in Serato. So in iTunes, you still do iTunes. You're obviously not on Catalina or whatever. No. But you still do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still do iTunes for the organization um, of the file itself. But in right. Serato, you make crates. Do you use smart crates or just crate crates no just entirely all of all anything that's in serato like i made myself or you know drag drag and drop myself so um yeah there's there's club stuff latin stuff subgenres, um even like saved old sets just to to you know if if i need to like a set that i know works for sure in yeah. case i'm oh, struggling yeah. for whatever reason you know vibes so many different those. clubs or from from you know in traveling um you never know what you're going to get so yeah um just knowing like these these I can fall back to, to catch a catch that vibe or that groove that I really want from uh, to set in this yeah. club or whatever event. Right. Um, yeah. So there's a few saved like that, but yeah, definitely like a ton of subgenre crates. There's yeah. Something I have a hard time with probably just me, but <clears throat> is like editing out, like cutting stuff that I'm not going to need. Like, do you have a technique for that? Like a master thing. So, you know, you're not erasing it forever or I still am trying to come up with the best technique for that. Uh, no, just every so often, if I'm like looking for something in, in iTunes or in Serato, like I'll just make a mental note and just think like, oh, I have six versions of this song, five of them I'm never, ever going to use. Just right. make a little mental note, take a snapshot, a screenshot on the computer or something. And um, yeah, there's a ton of screenshots on my computer where it's just stuff to do, like just stuff to delete, clear out. Right. Um, realistically, um, that's, an, that's another, uh, like, I guess, music curation sort of thing, like you want to give people as many options as possible, but realistically you also know that they're probably only going to rely on like two or three. So yes. that's how it works for me. Like I have one or two versions of tracks that I'm going to play out and any, anything else like is just not going to get spins realistically. I'm not going to be playing it out either on radio or clubs or whatever the case may be. But yeah, one or two tops for me. And then if there's any more then I make a note, clear it out. Right. And so you just delete it just straight up. <laughs> completely yeah it's just gone forever <laughs> like it's just 
yeah, I don't let it sit in my trash or anything like that. That's taking up hard drive space. So yeah, no, yeah. yours was so. I looked at your bottom part and it said uh, fifty four days of music at some yeah. gigabytes. I just opened mine. Mine says one hundred and eighty three days of music. <laughs> so almost four times as much. Yeah, you know, three, and, three and I probably and I don't play so much of it. It's so stupid, but I need. Yeah, no, to I just... would definitely have more, and I just have to be consistent with deleting stuff. Oh like man, that. it's you know? daunting. I gotta get. I gotta get back into my music. This this quarantine, I'm like, I'm gonna do this and then i just keep doing other more fun projects and not doing yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's definitely not a not a fun task doing that that housekeeping maintenance on your library but it's it's absolutely necessary otherwise you're just going to be buying like more hard drive space and i know i gotta uh, treat having, it like having to get upgrades and yeah gotta treat it like doing my laundry or something that too man you can't just be <laughs> buying new clothes all the time you have yeah to <laughs> i'm like i only buy new shirts i never wash all, anything yeah. <laughs> yeah. and keep everything you've ever owned yeah that, that would be insane <laughs> I think I actually do that. So no, <laughs> uh, dope. Well, um, I guess, um, I, you know, we'll get out of here pretty soon, but, um, and you've told us so much interesting information. We really appreciate it. Um, what about making edits? Do you have any <laughs> tips for that process? Um, what's your approach? Making edits themselves. Um, yeah, you know, r- really, um, for me, it's making stuff that I would actually like use and find useful. Right. I think that's always been the the key. Um, instead of just making something just because for like the clever aspect of it. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of stuff that realistically I'm going to be deleting from like my, my my hard drive. Even though that stuff is cool for like in the moment, kind of um, you know if something like a I don't know like a current event and you can tie something in with that with that like an edit like that. Yeah. Um, people are definitely looking for those, but for me, like you know, once it comes time to maintenance, um, I start cleaning that sort of stuff out. So I really try to have, um, um, I, I don't know, not like, like longevity. So because you know that's not the right word, but something that I'm going to find useful and really use, and um, that's going to apply to to all the gigs that I'm doing. Right. And now it is different because a lot of people are DJing on Twitch or some other streaming service, exactly. uh, Mixcloud or one of those, and so it's like you you can play these weird funny things or current event things that probably you couldn't play in a club right exactly so there's definitely that ang- that angle that you know is probably not gonna be super uh, i mean twitch is you know streaming on twitch is gonna is gonna live on for a yeah. long long time like that's yeah. not gonna go anywhere but like using those same edits where people aren't really watching you like on twitch people are watching you yeah at the club they're not necessarily like staring at their like yeah, kind of just watching you work. They're dancing. There's a there's other stuff going on. So yeah, using that that same stuff is you know people aren't going to look at you for like the the cue to like oh there's that that cool moment like oh the DJ's dope like that yeah it's going to be very different. So yeah, that's true. Um, um, same, so yeah, with with remixes as well, like just making something different to um to 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 fit my 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 style of of playing, and I think um. A lot of the the DJ City team, and even with BeatSource as well, like we kind of have this um, grasp, I guess, to we'll work in a in a general sense, and not so much a very very niche kind of like you know this is going to work for six people. We want to work for want to work for hundreds, if not thousands, of, of of working DJs. Yeah, and do you use Ableton to make the edits? Completely, yeah. So um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny because we you know you mentioned like starting off on 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 SoundForge, yeah. Um, that was very, very different. That was one track. You make an edit and you're you're screwed. You're committed. Like you can't, you know, just command undo for like 32 things. Whereas right. with Ableton, you shift stuff around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started using Ableton in like 2007. And um, 
yeah, just been been on that one ever since. I feel I felt like it was like learning kind of like a like a language. Like you just really have to develop the set aside the time to really learn it and, and get familiar and learn it inside and out. Right. Um, otherwise, if you if you keep trying like different different software or different uh, DAWs or whatever, is you know you're gonna be you can be good at all of them, but you might not master all of them. So I'd yeah. rather just you know master one and, and really. Um, Right. Get to work on that. And you're constantly learning. I'm always learning for Ableton still. And Serato, obviously, you just taught me about the color thing for the track itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, has it changed? Like, speaking of Twitch and streaming online, has that changed your curation process at all or even the edits people are sending in? Um, yeah. I mean, everything that, that's kind of like a current event that's kind of going on in the world will we'll always change that stuff. There's stuff we do want to post, stuff that we shouldn't post. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that we should highlight and not highlight um, like right now not everything has to be for the club or for the party because there right. are, realistically there aren't clubs and parties going on yeah. so the, the list can be a little different and, and you know um, more uh, interesting I guess if, if I can describe them that way as right. opposed to just like straight up bangers the entire time Yeah, you know you don't you're not playing to, to get everybody's hands up you just you know you're playing for different purposes. You can make a curated set like for a DJ to play behind a gamer or something. That, that too, yeah. I mean, I wonder if people are doing that. that. Like, I I haven't seen it yet, but like someone de- that's actually DJing a set behind someone that's actually playing the game. Because I've been watching the gamer channels trying to learn about this whole crazy world of 40,000 <laughs> people watching someone play Call of Duty, you know, for right. 12 hours straight. You know, and then they, I'm trying to hear what they are playing in the background. And I know that there's all these problems with um, the takedowns. What is it? DMCA takedowns. DMCA takedowns, yeah, yeah. Um, and all that kind of stuff. I wonder, like, are there royalty-free things or DJs can play under or, or even, like, lo-fi music, something that's always been streamed. Like, now are DJs going to play little lo-fi beats? Or, you know, I wonder how things will evolve through all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, an evolving process. I don't think anybody really really knows. It's just kind of whatever yeah. surfaces and what people really gravitate to. It's funny you mentioned that, like, that because esports are really, I mean, uh, you know, baseball started just uh, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Ago, and and, and basketball is going to start in a week or something. Yeah, yeah. For sure. um, but, like, the esports were the only thing that were happening at the time for, for months, for the past few months. So I'm surprised, like, you know, there wasn't a big, like, you know, like LeBron when he was overseas, like in China, I think, or something, had like a DJ traveling with him. Or yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was LeBron, right? Like playing stuff while during practice. Right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, DJ, you know, if DJs start really working with um, these, like, Twitch superstars or gamers yeah. and esports. Yeah, I think his DJ is uh, DJ Meal uh, from uh, Cleveland. There you go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So I'm, he, I'm he's so, dope. yeah, that might be the thing, man. We got to align ourselves with the, I've been the big gamers. About that. Like, I've, been, I've been watching. I'm like, I kind of want to do a set with a gamer. You know what I mean? To figure it out. Like, I saw Z Trip do a really dope set that was based on video games, and it was yeah. amazing. He had a green screen, and he had every little sound. I mean, it was very Z Trip, very video game, very dope. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if there's some way to like collab on it and, and even seeing the music they listen to has been like, I find like cool things like, damn, this is what they're streaming. Okay. This is interesting and different and it's a whole new world. It's all, it's all coming together. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's like even producers that are making music specifically for like background gaming stuff that are making a great living off, you know, there's so many gamers that are right. you know, playing the stuff in the background and exposing other gamers. And it's just this train, just like, kind of like, so a, who, like a chain. What do you know? Like, I know I've been learning more and more about that. Like, 
what do you um like who's a producer making background stuff or how does that even work like um i I mean there's there's one guy who goes by the fat rat okay who was doing like super dope like complex straw remixes like i don't know 10 15 years ago or something yeah and i thought he like fell off like like just wasn't doing stuff anymore i was like oh he's probably just you know got a full-time job and like producing didn't work out like no this dude's like living off of like making stuff for like gamers and like game video game specific stuff and i was like and so you mean like making a he produces and gets a song um licensed and paid to be in a video game or he's making music that gamers love to stream in the background i think it's both realistically i think it's, it's both yeah definitely for sure like music to to play games to like right. that's like a like a genre in itself right like that sort of thing but I, and then I, how does I that work like yeah. is it royalty free or does he have to um do no, they sure. have I mean, to they're getting, it? no i mean there, it's stuff that you can find on dsps too so you can there's definitely like royalties getting paid out for this stuff that you can really live off of because right especially like with or but for the, the gamer yeah. i mean like uh can they play it without worrying about getting taken down or or I wonder. That's a that's a great question. I, I, I would assume so because that's how you know you'd probably like want to whitelist your your tracks or all your your the stuff from your label or whatever right. to to air you know without consequence on on all these platforms. So yeah. that, that would be my guess is that they just whitelist everything. They're just like nah, like don't pull anything down. Like let let it live online. Right. Yeah, I know. Share. I've been going through. I found like these lo-fi producers <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is dope. They probably have like a sh- small amount of plays and like each one has like 25 million streams. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah. damn, like I guess they're getting played all the time, you know, and yeah. it's it's dope. It sounds like hip hop beats that probably we used to make like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's like the new backgroundy dope music i guess cool stuff like not super aggressive just kind of background cool yeah because people has, could still talk like we could have it on in the background right now and it would like work you know it's that's crazy definitely yeah for sure that's nuts it's, like, it's yeah. a crazy uh definitely different from when we uh started or right you know. as things have gone i mean it's just crazy <laughs> to think uh, as how like like you said we started you started back in the day you we're on vinyl. Definitely not thinking you'd be a DJ for your career. Yeah, you weren't not. even open-minded to some music. You end up yeah. getting into radio, you know, making these edits <laughs> to st- keep yourself apart and playing them on CDJs. Serato, all these things are invented. You get hooked up with DJ City. Eventually, now you're the music curator for BeatSource and, you know, running a new DSP and all the music involved. I mean, that's just so, it's inspirational. It's cool. And you're really good at what you do. So thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, so. I love hearing, you know, what you're putting on there. And like I said, you're always putting me on to new stuff with the 20 playlist and, and everything. So thank you for all you do. All good, man. Thank you. Um, and uh, I guess before we get out of here, um, first off, where can everybody find you online? Uh, everything's K-I-D-D-S-P-I-N. So at Kidspin with two Ds on just about everything whether it's you know mixes and uh or social media it's all k-i-d-d-s-p-i-n okay dope and do you have any kind of advice or message to the djs out there or producers remixers that are doing their thing or trying to come up the same way you did um a a, a ton really like <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah. that's that's that we've seen work some. for like yeah so um with remixes and edits just kind of like i said like make stuff that's that's going to be useful that might um, that you know it isn't going to be like a, um, a flash in the pan or you know so, so very like moment oriented um, yes because you can have that you, you know you can have that one moment and then not you know not not follow it up right um 
with remixes and stuff, like start, you know, doing stuff that's that's familiar to people to to kind of carve your own lane, and then you can start making your your originals. You know, you don't want to start off as a completely unknown person, not associated or tied into something that someone can recognize. Right. Um, and then when sending out that it's at least to to the on the DJ City side, like don't send out seventy five, send you know your best handful. Yeah. Like send three, five tops or something. Like don't send seventy five and be like, post whatever you want because no one's gonna you know, listening to seventy five, if five people do that, think about that. That's or six people I should say, that's like nine hundred tracks. Right. Like you don't you're not trying to do something like crazy like that. Listen to all that stuff. Maybe it's not nine hundred, but I just threw that number out. <laughs> I it feels like nine hundred. Yeah. So um yeah, just I mean, yeah. Uh, try to craft a, a something that you know, people will recognize you by, like, I think, um, having that sort of signature. I mean, this works for artists as well. So, you know, I think it's kind of general advice, kind of work with some work to, to, you know, your, your forte. Like if you know a ton of acapella stuff, like and making acapella intros is your thing, run with that. Right. Or if you have a solid collection of acapellas, like really, you know, there's a, a ton of different lanes to, to jump into. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I guess I realized we never really talked that much about DJ gigs. Like, um yep. has globe has well uh, your edits have led to a lot of things has globalization or any of those things led to some pretty amazing gigs that stand out in your mind or not even that just ha- what are some of your gigs that stand out in your mind is like wow i made it or this is an amazing moment oh um let's see the um yeah i mean i've i've been able to to travel just because of people that are listening to globalization or like you know pr- from promoters to doing like private gigs and private events some of the craziest ones i've done are like in san antonio texas shout out to this dude named uh ruben who's helped i've been pretty like instrumental in booking me out for some of these like amazing gigs he works for a company that has like huge parties um so for one of them it was uh um or well, I guess this kind of leans more into like the open format discussion of, of of DJing. Being on globalization, we have kind of an open range. Like we can play hip hop, dance, Latin stuff, rock stuff, um, as long as it all kind of you know fits to fits together. Yeah. Um. So I was you know in in playing that the spot that I have, there's a family that was going to have a sweet sixteen for a daughter for the daughter, and the family would pick her up from uh, the mom and the and the grandma would pick her up from like school or like tennis practice or something like that. Where I was, the the grandma liked that I was playing like Latin classics, stuff like cumbia stuff and like I don't know salsa stuff like Celia Cruz or like Joe Arroyo or something like that. The mom liked that I was playing Pitbull stuff and party, you know, Enrique Iglesias kind of, you know, just party stuff. And the daughter was like, "Oh, you're playing Travis Scott and Migos, like dope." So they booked me for this gig, and they reached out to me and they're like, "Hey, the family really likes the the the, the music that you play on on your radio show. Can you you're interested in, in doing this gig for us? It's gonna be a sweet sixteen. And I was like, "Dope, let's do it." Um, they're like, yeah, we're gonna have a special guest. Um, I was like, oh man, like this is gonna, this is getting kind of interesting. Yeah. And uh, they're and so a week prior, they're like, um, we're gonna have you play after Pitbull goes on. And I was like, Pitbull's gonna be there, like dope. And then they were like, yeah, but you're also gonna be opening before um, Mariachi plays, and then after them they play as well too. And then the next surprise act is gonna play. And I was like, oh, dope. Like, should I? Is there stuff I shouldn't play? Like, what's the surprise act? Wow. They're like, yeah, it's gonna be Nick Jonas. And I was like. Oh, like I'm playing with this like huge, like super famous mariachi. They're playing then Nick Jonas and Pitbull. And uh, a year or two later, they had a, a huge um, party for this the same uh, family or the the company that the the family has, and they were celebrating like 25 years of this uh, company. And um, they had a huge party with um, 
who else uh, performed at that one. So I opened the show, and then it was um, Austin Mahone, Enrique Iglesias performed, Maroon 5, Lil Jon, and the Chainsmokers. Wait, what? At, yeah, at it was someone's insane. birthday? It, it was a, a company's like big celebration. Like, uh, Oh my god. It was in, insane, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a music festival, practically. Yo, like, that's insane. Yeah. I can't I even imagine my, what yeah. the... Uh, if you tallied up the invoices on that, would it be? Uh, it would definitely be in the solid seven figures, if oh not my eight. Oh, my God. So. Yeah, Maroon 5 alone, alone is probably easily, in the yeah. seven figures. Yeah. So, you know, it's just being able to, like, share stages with these huge... And it, it all came from, like, radio and um, just, you know, being available realistically 15 yeah. years ago that, that just, you know, things kind of took their, their, their path. Wow. That is unbelievable. Yeah. So, it's, it's pretty awesome super dope um nice you have any like i don't know i guess on the other side of things any uh dj fail stories or embarrassing things or something song ended too early or something bad happened um man i've had uh drumsticks fly like all over the place because i take my 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 drum pads with me to just kind of set myself apart as well like do like live percussion oh really so So every time you dj you do the drum thing um wherever there's room or wherever like travel like will permit oh that's so Um, cool so if there's like local like i'll I'll take them to santa barbara all the time um if there's like a small space like a small booth then i then i won't take them but i used to be able to be like especially like in ventura county like if i was playing like locally like in oxnard somewhere there was like actual like stages because like it was more so bands than right wait what are you playing you're playing a drum trigger like it's Um, triggering it's it's, it's a drum pad i can actually show you if we want to pause for just a quick second let me let me grab it for you yeah let's do it well actually i should say i I used to take the timbales with me which were so there's like a a huge stand and i used to take those congas which weigh like i don't know 30 pounds a piece wow not very uh efficient but i'll show you really quickly let me grab the uh the drum pad itself okay that's right we are about to get some insight into the drum pad here let's see i didn't realize all that so About to get this real drum pad, drum pad uh, example going for all you guys at home that are listening on Spotify or Apple or any of the other platforms. Hit up our YouTube beat source to peep this. You good? Yeah, we good. Okay, dope. So it's this like I, I anybody that follows me on Instagram has probably seen me play this thing. So it has like a bunch of built-in sounds, and I programmed my own into there. Oh, so tight. I can actually play like the timbales that I used to take with me. I have a channel that's all like timbal sounds. Yes, um, percussion stuff. Uh, congas are in here. There's like hip hop, like 808 kits. Oh, dope. There's, um, like little routines that I can do. Like I do like the Beastie Boys girls. Yeah, like the like like the marimba kind of like xylophone kind of sounds. I have them programmed in here to do like cool stuff like that. So there's. Um, edits that i've made specifically so that i can play them out live so like that's dope. nobody else would really have use for them but like just goes back to like me making radio uh, edits for for the radio after necessity yeah. like i've kind of applied that to my to my live shows so yeah like playing those um dark clubs are dark like i can't really see entirely everything that's happening <laughs> yeah so like there's this like little like lip kind of thing where this pad sticks out right so sticks have gotten stuck so as i'm playing oh. it'll do this like you know like i'll play here and it'll get stuck so as it bounces my it ha- like my it hands it forces oh, no. my hand to let go and it just flies over into like the crowd and i'm like damn i lost another stick or like i'll see like a pissed off girl on the dance floor like 
hey like you just hit me with this <laughs> you're like yo that's what you get front row yeah this is it's, it's all live nothing pre-recorded here we're, we're going <laughs> that's crazy do you ever do it uh, do, have you ever used that on the radio um no not on the radio just okay. because it wouldn't like i feel like it wouldn't yeah, like, really translate. might not translate like, add, like people wouldn't know that i'm doing it live or something so yeah it's definitely like a live show just to kind of set myself a- apart right from from you know just to have my own like space or, or yeah shtick kind of yeah no it's gimmick. dope yeah it's a, it's a, you know call it you know it could be like a considered a gimmick i guess but it, it no, makes I it fun for me and, and you know right yeah. i don't think a gimmick i mean it's just it's a dope addition to it you know plus it's a cool way that you could like restart not restart the night but just like okay boom this is this part here we go we're going into this or you know like yeah, I put on a little show like you know call some attention like for me especially like i don't rock the mic a whole ton right like i'll do you know shout outs and you know the, the the necessary kind of announcement sort of stuff or yeah anything that needs to be said like I'll, I'll cover of course but in terms of like being like the aggressive like i guess more east coast style dj like yo 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 like you know spinning stuff, stuff that like that's not me at all but i'll definitely play one of my edits and do a crazy like drum solo thing or like a you know lead into something cool where it'll get people's attention and right you know look over and be like oh this guy's like really doing something different yeah yeah that's dope. What, um, what, um, do you have any, you know, since you are the curator, is there any new music that you're feeling right now that you could shout out? Um, let me see. I think there's, there's stuff. <laughs> or is that, your that brain just today. scattered with every song in the world? <laughs> it's very much scattered, but I make a, I have a, a, few, a few notes here. There's like definitely, um, some, um, tracks what's, that I can talk what's about. What's that like new Trump. heat we got to look out for? <laughs> let's see, like, uh, Trop Killers dri- dropped a new track today. Yeah, which is very like yeah. I mean, Trop Killers are, are oh dope. shout to Zegon Trop Killers so dope. Yeah, so I mean they have this uh, track. Let me see if I pronounce this correct correctly. Uh, I think it's uh, Zidi Guidum. Okay, Z I R I G U I D U M. So it's definitely not an easy one to to pronounce at least <laughs> yeah. not for me. But um, gotta get them on this show. That would be tight. That would be amazing. Yeah, because Zegon's sure. like such. He's an old school super dope DJ. You know that Turn knows what's up. Era stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then his partner's really ill. They're both dope at producing. So that would be yeah. great. And get that world, uh, you know, perspective of what's happening down there. Yeah. So I think just because everything's going so like global, everything's like so like online. It's it's not really you know like genres are, are super blurred nowadays yeah. so i think I, if i remember correctly listening to it a short while ago this track has like dance hall stuff it has like a little hip-hop thing and like cool like vocals and you know it's just applicable to not just a certain type of party like it could help you change a vibe to a party or it could just set you apart being like yo i know this cool track that you you would definitely not know if you were just like a you know the average club goer does d- definitely doesn't know yeah any other so I'm always looking for stuff like that any other heat we should we can look out for um let me see um there's this cool track by uh, gil martin the way uh, it's well i only have in my notes here the way you and it's a jet boot jack remix it's um more like kind of disco like cool like funky leaning okay um jet boot jack has done a bunch of stuff on the dj city side but now he's doing like official like remixes and dope um just his own like original production so there, that's another really cool track to to look out for if you're into like the the i guess new disco kind of funky baseline like dope you know yeah i love all like, that now yeah acoustic drum kind of stuff too yeah um, let's see. And, and on the dance side i like this track by uh sachi s-a-c-h-i a la you a l-a-y-o-u okay that just uh dropped today as well there's just another another cool one to to look forward or to to look out for yeah hopefully right. uh, you know listeners don't know about it and you know put them all on something that's that's cool and 
For sure. You think those might be on the 20 or you're still figuring it out? Definitely. Uh, I mean, we, yeah, so we're recording this pretty early and, and not uh, the 20 is not completed for, for Friday. Right. Uh, you know, July 24th. Not just yet, but um, definitely you'll find those in there for sure. Cool. Can't wait. Um, dope. Well, yo, um, Kidspin, thank you so much for being on the 20 podcast and for making the 20 playlist. <laughs> no, thank you, man. Um, thank you for having me. I appreciate you, um, you know, giving me some, uh, some, some airtime here. <laughs> yes. Super cool. Well, you deserve it. Uh, and I mean, I learned a lot. It was really cool. And thank you for all you do. Really appreciate it. Right on, man. Thank you. And for anybody that's uh, that's tuned in listening, um, feel free to hit me up on you know on, on a one to one one on one like a direct message sort of thing. Like feel free to hit me up if you have like questions that about DJ City stuff, beat source stuff, especially especially like the future of like what beat source is trying to do and, and really revolutionize DJing. Like I'm happy to answer any questions that may, may may come to mind. For sure, yeah. If I missed anything here, you guys hit him up, hit me up. I can always ask him and talk about it on the next show. Um, yeah. So thank you again, and uh, we will see you soon. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. See you next time. Peace. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.